Hey, I wanted to thank Roy and how he jumped in on Wednesday for me. Um, I was really sick earlier this week, and uh, he done a marvelous job. And um, again, it's for jumping in and helping up here. Um, it's been really good. And so anyway, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Um, let's go into the message. Lord God, we stand before you today with thanksgiving and praise and adoration unto you. God, we've got so much to be thankful for. God, you, you pour your blessings and your promises upon us. They're there they're for us, oh God. God, I thank you that you touch our lives day by day. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that we can know you in an intimate way. And I pray, God, that as we go into the message today, Lord God, God, I, took, I put my time in. Lord, I wrote down notes. But, Lord, it's now it's time for you to take those things that you placed in my heart, Lord God, to speak into your people. Lord, I don't want it to come from my heart. I want it to come from your heart. And, Lord, may they feel the touch of your spirit today, Lord, and may they leave this place change with a new direction in their life. God, I praise you and I give you praise with all my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're privileged to live in the greatest nation in the world. God has blessed our nation because of our forefathers, fathers. They founded the nation upon godly principles and values. Our nation's pledge says one nation under God. We're called a Christian nation. I'm proud to say that I am a Christian. I am an American. I am a Texan. And I live in Cypress, Texas. No place would I rather be. But with sadness, I must say that... The nation as a whole is moving quickly away from godly principles and values in which this nation was founded. There are those who want to remove the words under God from our pledge. Our president stated what, whatever we once were, we are no longer a, just a Christian nation. We're also a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation, a Buddhist nation, a Hindu nation, and a nation of un of unbelievers. Psalm 33:12 tells us, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance." First of all, I want to say this is not a political message here. This is the reason our nation is blessed. We were considered a nation whose God is the Lord. And God poured out His blessings upon us. No matter, no other nation compares to us. But the problem is we are no longer that same nation. As a whole, the United States of America has allowed its heart to turn cold and even away from God. What happens 
to God's blessing if we're no longer considered ourselves a Christian nation. What is the state of our nation right now? The nation's financial woes are more than anyone can get a hand on. Unemployment is skyrocketing. Medical care, as we know it, may be going through tremendous changes, leaving us with many uncertainties. Our nation is at war abroad, and our enemies are trying to bring it here. It's no wonder that so many people are diagnosed with depression because of worry and anxiety in their life of everything that's going on. Understand this, the reason our nation continues to be blessed is because of the church. It's because of you and me. If it were not for the Bible-believing, born-again, spirit-filled, praying believers, our nation would be spiraling down to a place of God's judgment. God's blessings for us are not dependent upon the spiritual state of this nation. You see all these things happening around you. And they talk about unemployment. And they talk about all the, the financial woes and, and what am I going to do? What am I going to, how am I going to handle all this? You got to remember you're not you may be in this world, but you're not of this world. God is your supplier. We don't look to our nation to supply our needs. They try to do everything that they can do, but it does not work. The only answer for the woes of this nation is God. This brings me to the core thought of the message. God's blessings are ours. God's promises are ours. But it's up to us to receive these promises. It's up to us to receive these blessings. Second Corinthians 1.20 tells us, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. He says to us concerning His promises, He says, yes, not no, not maybe, but yes. It's our promises. It's our blessings for us. It doesn't matter what spiritual state of our nation, we belong to the Lord. Thank you. Again, I apologize. But the word must go on. What we must understand is that both saint and sinner face the same problems. What you and I face, the man out there faces also. Matthew 5.45 tells us, for he makes his, the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. What happens to one happens to all. 
Life has its ups and downs. We have our good times and bad times. We have health and sickness, wealth and poverty. We have happy days and sad days. But the one thing that we have that the evil and the unjust do not have is God's blessings and God's promises for our lives. They have no one to look to for help. We have the Lord. This is our inheritance. Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, In Him you also trusted. After you heard the truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Not after, but until. To the praise of His glory. It's because you trusted in the Lord and you believed the word of truth and you believed Him and you accepted Him into your life. He sealed you with His Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Then it tells us how long until the redemption of the purchased possession. That purchased possession is you and me. He paid a price for you and I. He paid a high price. And you're very precious in His sight. It says, until... Until the redemption, the time we leave this life and find ourselves in the presence of the Lord. He sealed you with His Holy Spirit. His hand is upon you. He put His mark on you. He has His hand on you. He has not removed it. He has not taken it away from you. He wants to be active in your life. He wants to touch your life. He wants to to bless you with all that He has, all His resources. He wants to bless you. Brings up an important question this morning. If we Christians face the same things in life as unbelievers, how do we tap into our inheritance? How do we get there? I didn't read that whole sentence. If you let me back up. How do we tap into our inheritance? Our inheritance, God's blessings and promises to overcome the circumstances of life. Colossians 1.12 tells us, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. It's God who has qualified you. When you gave your heart to God, you were qualified. It's yours for the taking. It's not nothing that you got to beg for. It's you that you got to take in your hands and you got to stand on it and do not allow the enemy to, to, uh, to rob you and steal from you. God qualified you. 
Now, Satan won't roll over and play dead in your situation. The Word of God says in uh, John 10.10 that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. He's done that to a lot of people. His greatest weapon to accomplish this is deception. If he can make you believe a lie. You know, Satan's real good coming up to you and whispering in your ear. And he'll tell you, you know, you got this problem. I got a good example here. I'm going to read it to you. First of all, if he can get you to believe and accept a lie as truth, he has a hook in you and will endeavor to manipulate you. Small example. Your nose itches. He whispers in your ear, you're coming down with a cold. Then you think to yourself, I think I might be coming down with a cold. Then you say it out loud. I think I'm coming down with a cold. You got a cold. He's very good at what he does. And we have bought into his lies so many times. We bought into his lies and he's told you, you I'm going under. He's told you, you know, you got cancer. You got diabetes. You got all these different problems. You buy into those things and you start speaking it. And before you know it, it's upon you. Because you believe what he said. And you begin to ponder on it. Then you begin speaking it. Then it became a reality. What liar lies has Satan told you lately? What has he been feeding into your mind? What has he been making you ponder on? You need to allow the Holy Spirit of God raise up a flag and say, that's not me. That's the other guy talking to you. You need to take a stand. What lies are you listening to today? Satan's our enemy. There's no truth in him. And you got to know this. He loathes you. He does not like you. He doesn't do anything for you. People go into this world and they seek all these riches and they give themselves over to him and he's laughing all the way. Because one of these days you're going to go down to destruction. He will twist the word of God into a lie as he did with Eve. You think about it. 
oh, this is good fruit. You know, you're not going to die. He took part of what God said and he changed it. And he'll do the same to you. And other things he does, he, he wants to turn your focus, focus inward. The problems that I have, the sicknesses that I have, the problems that I'm facing. And if he can get your focus on you, he will cause you to be an ineffective Christian. Because you're not going to be able to stand up and witness before God because you've got all these things that you're looking at and, and all, that's all you can see. God wants you to look outward to Him, upward to Him. He wants you to look up and say, this is what my God says. This is what, my, uh, what the Word of God tells me. That's where your witness is, is what God is, can do for you. But He wants you to look inward. Look at all the problems, all the things that you're facing. And He's got you. And he'll do one thing, then he added something else to it. And that's why things just seem, seem to be piling up and piling up and piling up in your life. It's time for us to take a stand against the enemy. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of the promises and blessings that God has. Matthew eleven twelve tells us, And from the day of John the Baptist until... Now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. We must become proactive in the fight against the enemy. We're too passive in our fight. So Satan, you're just going to have to stop. I said stop. I mean it. But what we need to do is take that word of God and say, Satan... Thus saith the Lord. This is what the Word of God says right here. And this is what I'm speaking to you. You know, anywhere that Jesus, we think about the temptation of Jesus. And Satan would come and try to tempt him. And what did Jesus do? He went right to the Word. He knew how to fight Satan. You got to go to the Word. Give him the Word. Read it out loud to him. Quote it from memory. It's time for us to become radically involved in the battle of life. That means you've got to get up there and, and be aggressive. Can't wait till the battle gets to you. You need to take the stand now. Ephesians 6. Start in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We've got to stand strong in the Lord.
But the thing is, you can't fight with your own strength and your own power. You've got to have the Lord. You've got to have Him fighting with you. And He's giving you His words to enable you to fight the good fight. Everything you need is right here. Don't let it grow dust, have dust on it sitting on the table. But you need to take it up and pick it up. Make good use out of it. We're instructed to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles or the trickery of the devil. I tell you what, he has an arsenal there. If this don't work, he'll try something else. And you're going to need that whole armor of God on you. You need to put it on every day. Don't go out without it. Verse 12 tells who we're fighting. You know, he's well organized. He's got a lot of generals. He's got a lot of colonels and majors and so forth. He's got a lot of foot soldiers. Been at it a long time. Our God's been at it longer. The Word says, Greater is He that's in us than He that is in the world. Just because God's in you, you're greater than any of those soldiers and generals that He has standing behind Him. It says we are to take the on the armor of God so we will be able to withstand the enemy in the evil day. And having done all to stand. I can picture a soldier that's been out in battle fighting hard. Dirt and sweat just all over him. He comes to a law and there he stands. He's ready to go against the next one that comes after him. Just stand. Just believing in God's Word. God... I'm standing on your word. That's what it says. And just stand there trusting and believing. Let the faith of God just stand strong in your heart. Now Satan's going to try to do things to shake you. He may even knock you down sometimes. But the Holy Spirit of God will raise you up. And you take that time, you learn from it. And you become stronger because what God has taught you through these things. It's time to get angry. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians. Six for, starting with verse 14 through 17, he talks about our armor. I'm not going to go through each one of these. But each component of the armor is critical while you're in battle. If any of the armor is missing, you become vulnerable to the enemy's attack. But because of time-wise, I want to just talk about two of them. 
verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Although we have the, the armor, armor on us, without that shield that you can move, when Satan throws something at you, you can put it out in front of you. He tries to attack you from above, you can put it up, you can put it down. Moves. That shield of faith is there to protect you and to keep you. Your faith must stand strong to extinguish all the fiery, fierce, intense darts that the enemy throws at you. You got to be strong in your faith. Where does faith come from? It comes from the Word, hearing of the Word of God. You need to be strong in faith. You need to receive it into your spirit, what God says, all the promises, all the blessings that enables you to stand against the enemy and declare he's defeated, that he has no rights to do the things that he's doing. Because I'm a born-again believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. And you have that no right that was taken from you. Verse 17, for to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's our only weapon. Without the sword, the Word of God, the enemy would overrun us. We would have nothing to fight back with. Don't lay down your sword. Pick it up again. Take it in your hand. Get familiar with it. Learn how it works. You got to get back into battle. And you got to have your sword. Don't leave it on your table all the time, in your bookshelf. You need to pick it up, learn how to use it. A soldier don't just naturally know how to shoot a gun. A swordsman just don't know how to use a sword. But he has to pick it up. He has to learn. He has to be taught. Second Timothy two fifteen says, "Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." The shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit must work hand in hand. This is where your victory lies. One without the other will not work. Shield in one hand and sword in the other, you're ready for battle. First Peter 5, 8 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all you care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, resisting, steadfast in the faith, and knowing that the same sufferings 
are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not how we can fight the battle. It's about God, how He goes before you. And He's right there with every thing that you throw at the enemy. He's right there every time you block a fiery dart. It's about Him. And let Him exalt you and promote you. Throw in all your troubles, your concerns, your anxiety, casting all cares and fears on Him because He cares very much about you. Be sober and be clear-headed. Don't allow your mind to be filled with doubt and unbelief. Be vigilant. Be on your guard. Be watchful. Be aware. Don't let him take you by surprise. Our enemy, the devil, struts around like one word I looked up and it said resembling a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. But he likes to show himself as one. You ever seen little dogs with a big growl? He's seeking whom he may devour or overcome or overwhelm. The word says, for we are to resist him. You got to stand firm in your resistance against him. Refuse to accept his advances and refuse to give in to him. You got to be steadfast in, in the faith, unwavering, unfaltering, be resolute. And you're not alone. We all face the same things. Sometimes you need your brother and your sister to stand with you. That's what we're here for. What's it saying? No man's an island. If you need someone, you have someone right here that will stand with you and stand with you and be with you, pray with you. Pick up a sword right along beside you and fight the battle. You know, no one knows what lies before us. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Could be some troubling times, especially within our nation, the things that we're facing. But our nation consists of people like you and me. Our brothers and our sisters. There are some that are out there that has no one to call upon. So they have to look to man. They look to our government. And there is no answer there. Don't allow the enemy to bring you down to defeat. You may feel like the enemy has knocked you off your feet. Time to get up and arise. Allow the Holy Spirit of God just to rise within you. Pull yourself up and get back to the Word. There lies our victory. 
Have faith in God. Have faith in the Word. Without faith, the Bible becomes just another book, book of letters. But you need to take it and digest it. You can trust God. You can trust Him. He's been found trustworthy. He's been found faithful. And you can count on Him. Move it in your lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you. For the honor and privilege, Lord, that we can call upon you. And, Lord, that you're there. Lord, before the first word comes out of our mouth, Lord, you're there. Lord, I know that there are many here today have faced a lot of trouble and problems and sickness and heartache. The enemy has worn down. They still belong to you, Lord. They still love you. But God, they... They're weary. And the battles become rough. They've gotten to a point, Lord, that all they can see is the problems that surround them. Lord, I can see them this morning their head just kind of hanging down because of the load. Lord, in Psalms, your word says that you are the lifter of our heads. Lord, it's you who lifts us up. Lord, it's you who puts us back on a firm foundation. It's you, Lord God, who has given us the promises and the blessings that we read into your word. And today, Lord, I ask that they will shake themselves as Samson and allow the Spirit of God rise within them and make them strong. Lord, it wasn't Samson's strength that made him strong. Samson was a man. But it's when the Spirit of God that arose within him that he became a superman. A man strong. Nothing impossible for him. That same Spirit is within us today, Lord. And I ask, Lord God, that it will arise in their spirit today. And Lord, that they can stand and do the, go into the battle 
and be strong. Your word says that we're more than conquerors. We're more than able to take back what the enemy stole from us. Satan, I declare in the name of Jesus, you have stole for your last time. You have robbed God's people here this morning for the last time. And we come against you in the name of Jesus. And we declare that you are defeated by the Word of God. And you must repay back those things that you have stolen seven times. They don't belong to you. God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. With your head bowed. I want to ask you this morning if there's anyone here that does not know our Jesus. Who has never accepted him as Lord and Savior. You've been going through life with all that you know how to do. But the struggles are heavy in their heart. And you have no one to call upon. Jesus is here for you this morning. If you would have sent him into your heart and your life, immediately those promises and those blessings are for you. He loves you so much this morning. And by lifted hands, would you just say, that's me. I need Jesus to come into my life. Anywhere in the auditorium. It would not be right for me not to give you a chance to accept him. I know that there are some of you this morning that has been going through some troubles and problems. And you need God to intervene and you need God to rescue you. And I'm going to ask you to stand for the fact that you're going to say, God, I'm going to take your word and I'm going to begin to really apply it to my life. I've done it on my own and Satan has beat me down. But beginning today, I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to use it anywhere. If that's you this morning, amen. Somebody else.
Amen. Amen. I'm a, I know there's more than three that's got problems. That Satan is fighting. God wants to move through you. I can lay hands on you and pray for you. But if you don't take the stand, it's not going to do you much good. You're going to have to be the one to say, Satan, I'm not going to take it any longer. If you want to say to God, God, I want to do, I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to go back to the Word. Last call. Today, Lord, I join my faith to these that are standing. God, that you will begin a mighty work in their lives. And Lord, the mighty work begins today. And as they go forth and they step forth into this next week, as they go to the Word of God, as they, they read the Word, the Word of God becomes alive in their spirit. Lord, that they take a stand against the enemy. And Lord, they stand on your Word. Faith arises in their heart, Lord God. God, that their circumstances are going to change. And even now, Lord, I ask that you just begin to release the load off their their shoulders. This is the morning, Lord God, that they begin to be yoked up with you. And Lord, that you will carry the load. Come against any spirit of discouragement. Lord, that's not of you. And Lord, I speak encouragement into their lives right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you today. Lord, I thank you for the presence of God that was so tangible here this morning. God, I thank you for touching our hearts and our lives. Lord, I thank you that the joy of the Lord is in our heart today. Lord, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, I speak blessings upon your people today, Lord. Lord, I speak peace into every home and every life. Lord, I pray that throughout this week, Lord, that you would just pour your blessings upon their lives. Lord, may the promises of God become real within their spirit. That's for your people, Lord God. Lord, I thank you. And Lord, I pray that tonight you'll bless each and every life group. Lord, that you would just minister to every heart. And Lord, we welcome your presence in each and every home. Thank you, Lord, for gracing us today with your presence. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you.